A to Z Sports Prime Time on a Monday night. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford, since 1983, has been providing exceptional award-winning customer service and quality American-made Ford vehicles. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at Two Rivers Ford. Com. Of course, the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage, the official real estate agent of the Titans and the Preds, is Gary Ashton. Your dream address without the stress can be found at GaryAshton.com. So, uh, rookie minicamp now in the books, OTAs officially underway, and some interesting news and notes to bring back for you guys. So, kind of looking over what I wrote down in the uh, notes app on my phone there were a couple of things that I wanted to highlight. One, I thought there was one rookie on offense and on defense who really had an exceptional performance. I did take a few notes on some of the undrafted guys, but mainly I was just there to watch the primary actors, to be honest with you, as guys make it into camp and start to you know develop a little bit of a role and you see what the coaching staff might have a plan, might have in mind for them as far as a plan is concerned. Then we can spend a little more time on the undrafteds. But for now, the draft picks matter most. And so that was what I dedicated my focus to on Friday and Saturday afternoon. Now, there was a lot of noise made about the about the Traylon Burks thing. And we'll touch on that briefly, but I don't I'll be honest with you, I don't think it's much of a uh, I don't think it's much of a story other than a couple of notable news items that I want to make sure that I get across. So we're going to bump that to second because I think that's largely much ado about nothing. But I want to start first and foremost with your Two Rivers Ford take. Which Titans rookie this coming year do you believe has the most instant impact potential? So there's nine draft picks, as you know. There are uh, There is Traylon Burks, Roger McCreary, Nicholas Petit-Frere, You've got Malik Willis at the quarterback position. Hassan Haskins, the running back. You have uh, Chance Campbell, Theo Jackson, and Chig Okonkwo, who is the rookie tight end. Of those nine draft picks that I've just named, who do you believe? And Kyle Phillips, forgive me, I forgot Kyle Phillips, the wide receiver. Which Titans rookie do you believe will have the most instant impact potential this season. Now, I understand that you guys haven't seen a lot of these rookies and that there is uh, a lot that I'm going to be able to give to you over the course of the next hour or so. So if you're, if you're not comfortable answering the question, that's fine. I think, though, when you're talking about potential, that opens the door for everybody to be able to discuss a little more. For Brian McNeil, uh, he feels that it's going to be Roger McCreary, the second-round corner out of Auburn. For uh, Josh Bowman on Facebook Live, he agrees. Derek R. says it's Kyle Cup. <laughs> the amount of Cooper Cup and Kyle Phillips comparisons that started this weekend are completely obnoxious. Shame on all of you who did that to me on Friday after practice. It's completely unnecessary. And also, we played this game on the radio show today, for those of you who listen to the radio show, because uh, Lucas, my, ra- my producer on the radio station, uh, brought this up, and I said, well, okay, how big do you, in fact, let's play this game with producer Reed. Let's see if producer, if I can catch producer Reed off guard the way that I did with, uh, with Lucas on the radio show today, Reed emerge from the shadows and let's, uh, let's play this game with Kyle cup or Cooper Phillips 
whatever people are uh, bringing up today. So yes. are you prepared for the Absolutely question? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not, he says. Okay. How how tall do you believe Kyle Phillips, the Titans rookie wide receiver, to be? I'm going to say 5'10". Uh, he is 5'11", so you okay. are close. How tall do you believe Cooper Cup to be? 6'1". That's garbage. You've seen these numbers before. You I actually haven't, but I do remember after hearing Cooper Cup go off into detail after scoring that touchdown, I immediately went up and looked all of his stats. So, yes, I did look up that number. So, he's 6'2", according okay. to the LA Rams media guide. All right, Reed, back to the shadows. Thank you very much for ruining the game. Bravo by you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I think most people look at Cooper Cup and don't realize how damn big he is. Like, he's 6'2". He's a full-size NFL wide receiver, and Kyle Phillips is much more, you know, the, the mold that you associate with these tiny white slot guys. That's not what Cooper Cup is. Cooper Cup is a legitimate uh, threat both inside the formation and outside the formation. It's not something, uh, it's not something that people, I, I think people realize they just kind of project what they believe Cooper Cup to be. Now, Kyle Phillips is not that, but he may have some interesting potential so when I ask you guys who your rookie with the most instant impact potential is uh, I'll tell you who mine is here in just a second right after I tell you about the people who make the Two Rivers Ford take possible that is of course Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford can be found in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com at Two Rivers Ford not only can you custom order your new Ford your next Ford but you can check out their massive selection of certified pre-owned vehicles. One of the state's largest selections, in fact, can be found at Two Rivers Ford. And if you decide that one of their certified pre-owned vehicles isn't exactly what you like, you can build your next Ford at Two Rivers Ford with the Built For You program that allows you to select any new Ford, any color, any customizable accessories. Get that car built for you and delivered right to your door. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, who is the rookie who has the most instant impact potential? Um, Tim Parks says most upside. No, Tim, that's not the question that I asked you. I asked you the most instant impact potential. And it's not obviously Willis. I, I don't think you know that at all. You have no idea what the upside of Nicholas Petit Frere at the tackle position is. You have no idea what the upside is for Traylon Burks, even though he is clearly uh, coming in with a first-round draft pick pedigree, he may still be able to exceed those expectations. He says, I just tuned in. Take it easy on me. Okay, I'm sorry, Tim. I'll back it down a little bit. You, he, Tim heard me starting to ramp up, and uh, and that's completely fair. I'm glad he caught me before I, uh, you know, before I lost my shit because that's something that I have a tendency to do, and I'm glad that you backed me off, Tim. Thank you for doing so. Um, but for for the players out on the field, there, I want to look at two in particular. The first one that I want to look at, the first one that I want to look at is Kyle Phillips, the wide receiver uh, in the fifth round out of UCLA, who I believe has the potential to be able to start in the slot right away for this team. He was the best player on the field this weekend. He was the most comfortable with what he was being asked to do. He looked to be uh, he looked to be very natural out there, which is not easy to do when you're just meeting all of your new teammates and all of your new coaches, and you're just getting to the facility. And he probably just got to Nashville on 
Wednesday or Thursday before they took the field on Friday. There's a lot of this stuff that can fluster a young player. Just as, you know, you coming out of college or, you know, maybe you didn't necessarily, maybe you didn't go to college and you got a job out of high school or however it is that you got to employment, it, your first job was tough, right? Well, this is Kyle Phil. This is all of their, uh, the rookies. First job right out of school or right out of secondary education. And it can be overwhelming sometimes. Kyle Phillips looked the most unbothered on the field and off the field. He really was impressive with the uh, nuances that he was already able to run the routes. He seemed to really pick up on the wide receiver drills that he was being asked to do. And it's not that Traylon Burks, for example, wasn't doing that. It's just it was a little bit of a different sample size. And as we'll talk about with Traylon Burks, he didn't, he didn't go through the full day one. And I'll tell you how much of an issue I think that is later on in the show. If I thought it was important, I would have led with it. But looking at Kyle Phillips at this point, I think that he has a lot of things that the Titans offense needs that they tried to they tried to pay for initially with Adam Humphreys when they were formulating this offense. And you saw what a good connection that Humphreys and Ryan Tannehill had right out of the gate. Uh, Kyle Phillips is you know, still uh, undersized. He still needs to put on uh, a considerable, well, not a considerable amount of weight, but he could do with, you know, a, uh, an NFL nutrition and weight training program, basically, to make sure that he doesn't spontaneously combust upon contact as, you know, somebody like Adam Humphreys does, because that's a very difficult position to play. Um, and certainly it can be very violent, even though the offense has had the rules changed in their favor. It is still difficult to play wide receiver in the NFL at this point, I think that Kyle Phillips has the most instant impact potential. And I think that uh, another player on defense really caught my eye as well. Uh, Bryce Erickson brings up Traylon got asthma and that Tennessee heat is no joke. Okay. I, I don't know that he has asthma. I, you don't, I'll be honest, Bryce, unless you have some reporting that I haven't seen yet, you don't know uh, that he has asthma. I, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that verified anywhere. I know that that was some people, that was something that people were putting out there because he did have an inhaler at practice, Traylon Burks, when he didn't finish the practice. And and the, 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 the issue of the heat, unless this was something that bothered him during his career at Arkansas, where it is as hot, if not hotter during this time of year, then the heat is not something that I'm looking at as, as something that would be new to Traylon Burks. Again, the asthma, wh whether it's real or just something that people have started saying because there was an inhaler present, I, I think that could be for any number of things. It could be for allergies. It could be that he was just simply short of breath. I, I don't know what that was. We didn't get answers uh, from Mike Vrabel on that, but let's not assign something that you know that you think is so without knowing that is actually so. I think that's reckless. Um, when we, especially regarding a player, a player who potentially could have a medical condition or just had a bad day. Like I, I don't know what that was, but let's not, let's not, uh, let's not make assumptions, right? Let's not jump to conclusions just because you think you saw something or you think you heard something. Josh says you don't know that buck. Every state is different. Allergies is a huge thing here. Sure, Josh, I'm not. I, I, I am somebody who is still dealing with allergies. I, I popped a Claritin this morning before I went to work. I'm not, I'm not saying one thing or another. I'm saying that you do not know it to be quantifiably so, so don't stand. It may end up being allergies. We didn't get the chance to talk to him this weekend because he was not a made 
It was not made available to us. All I will say to you is that it is something to keep in mind that people have thrown out. I've seen asthma. I've seen allergies. I've seen heat exhaustion. I've seen poor conditioning. Those are four very different things. Some of them may be more related or more correlated to one than the other, but that's four possibilities for one situation. And I don't want I don't want people recklessly speculating out here is all I'm trying to say. So let's just be judicious about what you lob out there onto the internet like a damn grenade, okay? Relax for a second. Or Oiler Titan says maybe he was hung over. Sure. I mean, hell, I was hung over at practice on Saturday. I don't know that Traylon Burks was hung over, but I don't know that he had asthma either. So as far as I'm concerned, you're basically, those two things, those are as reckless, one as opposed to the other, because you have no idea what the situation is for Traylon Burks. Now, we can talk about that here in just a second. But I wanted to, before we move on, I wanted to mention a defensive rookie that really caught my eye on Saturday in particular. Now, I thought Roger McCreary had a good couple of days. He seemed pretty comfortable with what he was being asked. But I noticed Theo Jackson more on the field than, you know, maybe I went in expecting to or or just didn't necessarily have expectations for. Either way, Theo Jackson made the only interception on a quarterback that was thrown um, on Friday or Saturday over the course of the two days of rookie minicamp. And it came in a pretty funny circumstance because it came while Mike Vrabel, his head coach, was shit-talking him. Uh, I mean, it's been great, you know, just, just come out here and, you know, finally play, play football, you know. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, learning to be a pro, learning the scheme and all that. So I, I think it's going to go well for me right now. Hey, what was the comment sick. right before the pick field? There was a comment about Rocky Top out there and you got to pick in the next play. Yeah, so um, my guy KG was at corner. He was just trying to, you know, get everybody in, like, you know, high spirits. And then Coach Barry was like, uh, you know, cheerleader from Rocky Top. And I was like, okay, cool. So, and then I picked off the quarterback the next, the next play. So, you know, I kind of didn't talk after that. So, you know, it was kind of <laughs> funny. <laughs> So that's Theo Jackson nervously laughing. So he says his his guy, KG, who's Kenneth George, those of you who are Vols fans will remember Kenneth George as a corner. He did sign a contract after being a tryout player for the Titans. So uh, good on him for earning an opportunity. Maybe maybe they just felt like they had to they had to give him a, a contract simply because Mike Vrabel was shit-talking him and then his, and then his teammate made a play uh, on the very next play from scrimmage throughout the course of rookie minicamp. I think that Theo Jackson is going to be an interesting prospect and we'll see how much he can, can contribute in a, in a crowded defensive back unit with um, needs, obviously on special teams. There's a lot there to like though, I think about the uh, local product here from Overton high school. So now let's talk about the Traylon Burke situation. Cause that's the thing that most of you, it seems want to talk about. And I, I want to ask you the question this way. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much should OTAs and rookie minicamp factor into a new player's evaluation? Let me know on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, and we will discuss together right after I tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address. Without the stress, the Ashton team will put you in a position to succeed. Gary Ashton is the official real estate agent of the Tennessee Titans and of the Nashville Predators and will make sure that you win with the Intel edge in this middle st- middle Tennessee real estate market. Whether you're buying or sell- selling, the Ashton team is the people are the people that you should trust. GaryAshton.com is where you go. The Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com. 
Bet.com. So, uh, how much, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you assign, how much do you factor in OTAs and rookie minicamp into a player's evaluation? Jamal on Facebook Live says 1. Brian McNeil says 3. Puka 2. Demetrius 5. 1.13 for Stephen King. Van Jeffrey and Corey Smith both going with fives. They are fence-sitting like a mother. Three out of ten is what Mike Peck gives this as far as the evaluation is concerned. And I think that's totally reasonable as fans, right? As people who are, you know, just kind of keeping track of what's happening this time of year with your new players, I don't think it should bother you much one way or the other unless you hear, like, some really, really bad stuff, which is, of course, not the norm. I don't think that based on what little, I mean, you guys aren't even able to see it other than the videos that we put out from practice on a regular basis. I would say, you know, anywhere between a one and a three is correct. Um, because this, you're not tasked with coaching the skills and you're not tasked with watching the film of the drills that they do. And you're not interacting with the players and coaching them up in the meeting rooms on a regular basis. So yeah, for you, it should be somewhere between a one and a three. I think that's completely reasonable. But for somebody like Mike Vrabel, who values this time of year very, very much, who has said this after the draft to us about what it is that goes into this part of the offseason, what he refers to as phase two. Mike Vrabel and his staff, and John Robinson and his staff, it's an 11 out of 10, to be honest with you, if you're on that side of things. One, because your livelihood depends on it. But two, because if you're a coach, chances are good that you like teaching, that you like coaching, that you like putting the work in to develop young players into uh, a better version of themselves. And that's something that Mike Vrabel has always prided himself on and something that he brought up on Friday night of the NFL draft, day two, after day two of the NFL draft, when he was asked a question about Dylan Radins and Nicholas Petitfrere. Have any bearing on, on Dylan Reagan's I know he worked with left guard, he's worked with tackle. Does that have any bearing on like, where you guys project him? No, I mean I don't think we're gonna go into projections. We're gonna start next week with our the guys that'll be here um, with a lot of individual work because that's what the rules are, and I think it's great. I would I would advocate for as much phase two work as as we could possibly get because that's where you know you improve. That's where you make strides. That's where you. Um, learn your craft and, and, and are able to play in a manner that hopefully is safe and, and keeps you healthy and helps the team win. So that's where we're going to start. And, you know, if you're a guard or a tackle on the right side, you're going to be in a right-handed stance and you're going to be making the same movements. You're going to be coming off the ball. And if you're on the left side, so right now for the next three weeks, we're going to be working skills and we're not going to be working against each other. They're not going to be having to block anybody. So we'll go through that process. And, you know, once we get closer to where we have to compete and, and block somebody, then we're going to try to find a lineup and then allow them to compete. So working skills, I'm not sure what happened when we got the green screen effect, but I'll, uh, producer Reed will endeavor to figure out what happened there. Um, as, as far as Mike Vrabel is concerned, it's an 11 out of 10, right? Because he really relishes this time of year. He likes the ability to teach these guys. And I think that that is what you should factor in when you consider, for example, Traylon Burks, because did Traylon Burks, who did not finish his first day of practice, um, who could be best described as limited in his first day of practice, I I didn't get bent out of shape about it because he came back 
on the second day and looked largely fine. Like maybe he's not necessarily in NFL shape on his first day of work. Okay, so what? He'll get there. And if he doesn't, then we can have a larger conversation about this. But if you're asking me to, you know, make a big deal out of the fact that on day one, he got clearly, I mean, there was some component of um, overheating. There was clearly some kind of respiratory situation that required the inhaler. That may be allergies, asthma, heat exhaustion, um, uh, not necessarily in the best conditioning. It could be some variation of all four of those things, right? Fine. Today, or rather after Friday, is not the time to hit the panic button. It is a little deal. It's notable. It's newsworthy because it happened. But beyond that, you can move on. And I think for the purposes of what you're seeing and what you're learning right now about the Tennessee Titans, for you, you should grade on a on a curve. For the Titans staff, it, the evaluation will be done differently. Chris Frazier says he's got to get it together. Sure, of course. Nobody's disputing that, Chris. Who's saying, yeah, who's saying that he doesn't have to get it together? Um, but if you're looking for him to get it together. If you're looking for him to get it together, maybe give him more than one day, right? Literally one day is how quickly that happened. Max Augsburg says, can't replace first impressions, Buck. Well, that's my thing. Like, it's not your first impression. It's our first impression. And I say that respectfully because you weren't out there. I was out there. Austin, Austin, I believe, was out there on Friday. Um you know, Diana Rossini was out there on Friday. You can look at this. You can look at this and say you can't replace first impressions, and that's fine. But Friday was not your first impression of Traylon Burks. Friday was our first impression of Traylon Burks. The coaching staff has already had their first impression of Traylon Burks. What your first impression of Traylon Burks will likely be is either if they have open training camp practices, which it sounds like may be a possibility, um, a preseason game, there will be two played at home and probably one opportunity out of those two preseason games to see Traylon Burks, provided that he stay healthy. And for the vast majority of you, it will be week one. That will be your first impression. Uh, it is something that I think is being made far too much of. And I only acknowledge it because I think the conversation around it is largely being had by people who were not in attendance. And what I, and that's not like, I'm not going after people or whatever about that. I'm just saying that like, slow down, slow down. It's going to be okay. And if it isn't okay, then we can have a more serious conversation about this. But this, after two days of work at rookie, rookie minicamp, when, Basically, the most important stuff that they're doing is finding out everywhere about their new facility, their new coaching staff, their new teammates, their freshman orientation, basically, as an NFL player. Friday and Saturday is not the time to make sweeping indictments. It's just an observation. It can be that and be something that you continue to monitor without freaking the hell out about. Um, uh, MB says, then why are the media going to report this and then jumping on anyone that has expectations. Are they reporting it just to get a rise out of Titans fans? Well, you know, it depends, right? Like, okay, let's take A to Z sports, for example. When I believe Austin put together a video 
of, uh, I believe Austin put together a video on this situation um, with like, I think it was like a TikTok, you know, uh, whatever you call it, compilation, right? And I, I don't think it was more than 20 seconds on TikTok. I'd have to go look at the A to Z Sports TikTok page. But in the TikTok, it featured a, a clip of Traylon Burks, hands on his knees, doubled over. Do you know why that was included? Because one, it's noteworthy, but two, that visual is going to get a reaction out of Titans fans. While, you know, and, and I'm not saying that Austin was right, wrong, or indifferent. Like, it is newsworthy. It is worth putting out there. At the same time, it can engage people in a way that, clearly, A to Z Sports seeks to engage people. I I think that there's a, there's some gray lines or there's some blurred lines between, you know, what people expect from conventional reporting and things that are put out onto the internet with the clear intention of getting a reaction while also being reported on, right? So I'm not saying, like, I'm not crazy about reaction journalism. What I am uh, what I am looking for, though, is, yeah, why was he doubled over? What was the response? What caused that? What did they do after the fact? And I, you know what? I was there to see all of that. You were not. You got 20 seconds of a TikTok video that showed Traylon Burks doubled over at a football practice. And, you know, that may mislead you. And I'm not saying that Austin is intentionally misleading you with a video like that, but it doesn't tell the full picture. So that's why it's my job to hop on here for, you know, I mean, we're 27 minutes into the show and it's my job to come on here to expand on what you've seen, right? To give you further context for the clip that you've seen. Now, maybe not everybody who saw that video is going to hear myself or Austin, who was there. And I know Austin's on vacation this week. Um, Zach, who uh, who was not present at camp, but I'm sure had and read all the reporting on this and talked to Austin and, and whomever else about what happened and did his due diligence. There's a lot of different ways that you can look at this, uh, that you can look at this and break it down and make sure that people understand exactly what it is they're looking for. It's it's. A, it's a newsworthy item, but it's being made the headline story, and that's an easy thing to do because it's the first-round pick, the guy who was traded for A.J. Brown, the guy who they traded up to replace A.J. Brown, and also, um, you know, it's it's a slow news cycle right now. That's why we're talking about stuff like this. Uh, Bryce Erickson says, are you ready for record predictions? No, I'm not ready for record predictions. I'm never ready for record predictions. They're the worst thing in the world. And... Uh, <laughs> But, you know, you guys can always ask me. I'd be happy to do that. Uh, Gino says, Burks is not out of shape. I know for a fact he was dehydrated when they didn't clear it up. Is ridiculous. Shame on Vrabel for not knowing. Again, Gino, I I don't know that. I don't I have no way to independently verify that information. So if, you know, if you have a source, great, great for you. Um, if not, it's just largely speculation. And Mike Vrabel's not going to tell us one way or the other. It's the same thing for injuries. That's how that's how this thing goes. Um, let's see. Anthony, I don't know how to pronounce Anthony's last name, says, Buck, when are you going to admit that you're a low-key Titans fan? Well, uh, you know, if it happens, I guess I'll tell you. <laughs> if if that all of a sudden, if that all of a sudden happens, then you know, you guys would be the first ones to know, right? I, I feel like I'm always upfront and honest about you guys. You know what I'm a fan of? I'm a fan of getting paid money um, 
I'm a fan of getting paid decent money to be able to talk about football and uh, and cover football and to get to go to games and get to wear nice suits and get to interview cool people like I had Trent Dilfer on the radio show today. I got to hang out at Elite 11 practice at Lipscomb Academy on Sunday. I got to see, for those of you who are Vols fans in person, five-star quarterback commit Nico Iamaliava, who I know a lot of Tennessee fans are excited about. All of those things, all of the cool, all the cool trips I get to take, all the, uh, like I said, all the cool people that I get to talk to and interview and hang out with and chop it up with on the sidelines of these kind of events. Um, yeah, all of that's great. I'm a big fan of that. And all of that comes as a result at, at its root of me covering the Titans. So yeah, I'm a fan of getting to do the job that I do. If at any point there starts to be some, you know, blurred lines as we talk about where all of a sudden I've gone full Homer and you're, you know, uh, you can no longer trust me to have an objective opinion about the sport and the team that I cover, then I'll disclose that to you. You know, I don't give a shit whether what you think one way or the other. I love you guys. I do. I love you to death. But like your opinions of how it is that I do my job impact me zero as to how I do my job. Unless, you know, I'm clearly in the wrong. And every time that happens, I'm always grateful for you guys to, uh, you know, either correct me when I've misspoken on something or uh, fact check me when I've, uh, when we've, you know, uh, potentially, you know, read the internet wrong or something like that. Like you guys are a great resource for me that way, but oh, I'm just going to do my job. And if they're going to keep paying me, um, money, two different companies are going to continue to pay me money to talk about football and uh, get it to do all these cool things. And yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Big, big fan of money, big fan of football. <laughs> Love all of those things. Um, any footage from practice today, says Myron Harris? Yeah, we're not. So we had Friday and Saturday. I do have uh, Friday and Saturday practice footage on my phone, but I, uh, I did not put those, I did not send those to producer Reed for editing. They did have they were in the building today. I don't know that they were on the practice field. All I know is that OTAs are underway and will be underway this week, but that we will not be able to physically attend them. The media won't until a week from tomorrow. So they're keeping us out of the building this week uh, while they start to get their stuff back together. Um, Brandon Smith says, I saw you in the end zone between the tunnels before the Arizona game last year. Well, that's cool. I always love, I always love seeing you guys at games and like at the hockey games uh, when I, cause I get to go to those as a fan or like, I'm a Nashville SC ticket holder. I've got seats in the 200 level. Um, I think that's, I don't know which end of the end or the pitch. I don't know the proper terminology for the soccer stadium yet. Forgive me. Either way, I'm always happy to see you guys when I'm out and about. And I love when you all come up and uh, say hi and chop it up. And always happy to talk about whatever you guys want to talk about just the same way that we do here. Uh, Buck, are you going to do a live for WWE SummerSlam? You know, I know the radio station's giving away. Uh, I know the radio station's giving away tickets to that. I've never been to a WWE event. And speaking of cool people that I get to hang out with and be friends with, uh, Jeff Jarrett um, was on. Jeff Jarrett was on the radio show. It's a couple weeks ago. I think it was before the golf tournament. And we were uh, Jeff Jarrett, obviously professional wrestler. Uh, tenant Nashville's on. I believe he's Henderson. Uh, I believe he's Hendersonville um, originally. But either way. Not to get bogged down in the details. I told Jeff that I'd never been to, I've never been, you know, I don't, I don't know anything about wrestling. It's not that I'm for it or against it. I just, I don't know any better uh, one way or the other. And so I, I would love to attend. These events look like a lot of fun. I mean, Pat McAfee looked like he had a hell of a time performing in one. And I didn't, 
I had no idea how big the crowds for stuff like that get. So, you know, if, uh, if by extension, uh, if by extension, because of the nature of my job that I get to go and I get to have some kind of special access and, you know, mo- most importantly, if they give me a parking pass, cause that's the only way that I'm going anywhere these days, now that I'm spoiled from getting parking and getting free food and not having to wait in lines for things like, I'll be honest with you, I'm not going back. You're never going to get me to go back. And if, if such time as I no longer work in sports and that's the way that I have to consume sports, I'll never go to another game again. <laughs> I swear to God, I won't. <laughs> I, I'll never do it, never again, because it seems like a terrible existence to go back to. I don't envy any of you at all when you attend sporting events or concerts that way. It seems like a seems like a tough existence. But uh, I would love to. I would love to do something for uh, for WWE SummerSlam. I will see what the uh, I will see what kind of opportunities uh, await us that way. All right, let's do. This is a free site. Buck from the t- Buck from the top rope. Uh, it says Monsoon Monahan. Uh, I'd pay to see that. Yeah, I think uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. Mike Vrabel versus Pat McAfee, make it happen. I mean, Mike would kick everybody's ass out there. Uh, Carl Crossland says Ric Flair is coming. I again, I've never been to a wrestling event, but I have met Ric Flair. Uh, funny story. I was in uh, I was in Tampa last year for Titans. Uh, what was that? Joint practices with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I had gone out with some uh, friends who also work in the NFL, gone out with some friends for dinner and drinks the first night that we were in Tampa Bay. It was a great hotel that had a restaurant on the riverfront because the, I I don't know what, I I assume it's the Tampa River. I don't know the name of the river that runs through Tampa, um, downtown Tampa, but there was, it's right on the canal, right? This, this hotel and this hotel bar and restaurant. So we're having great seafood, have a couple of glasses of wine. And I look up at the, I'm looking, I'm watching the television because it's on sports center and we're down there for Titans and Bucks training camp, um, uh, training camp joint practices. So I, Ryan Tannehill's on the television screen. And then, you know, they, I'm watching it a little bit. I can't hear it because we're at the bar and I don't really care that much. And I start to, you know, my eyes start to drift down from the televisions on, you know, above the bar down to the bar. And I'm just kind of people watching a little bit. And, you know, there's a lot of interesting characters at the bar, but there's an, a, an older gentleman with silver slicked back hair sitting by himself with a, a bottle of wine, a single glass, and uh, I think he had a cigar. And I'm looking, I'm looking at this man. And I said, you know, I, he looks awfully familiar, but I can't place him like that is because I know who Ric Flair is, but like Ric Flair, for whatever reason, wouldn't immediately pop into my mind. And I'm watching him, uh, because I can't figure out, it's probably very creepy of me. Thank God he was, he had his back turned me so he couldn't see me because I'm just staring at the back of this man's head. Then all of a sudden he gets up, turns around to walk to the bathroom. And I'm like, holy shit, that's Ric Flair. And I, you know, I'm now at this point staring directly at him. He's just kind of looking at everybody else who is staring at him and, you know, go waving high at people. And he, uh, somebody said, Hey Rick. And he gave a little woo, you know, (laughs) just as he walked by to go to the bathroom, just having a lovely wine night. So I, you know, I don't like to, I don't ask people for like pictures or stuff like that. I think that, uh, I think some people, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I think it's, I think it's in poor taste to bother people when they're out like at dinner or, 
you know, just clearly enjoying some alone time or, you know, namaste. That was also the same weekend, though, that that video, uh, that picture came out on TMZ of uh, a person who looked like Ric Flair performing sexual acts on a woman on, I believe, a train. I don't remember uh, whether I don't remember whether or not that was uh, who that ended up being. I know it was not Ric Flair because I had the alibi for Ric Flair. I was staring at him at a bar in Tampa Bay when that story came out on TMZ. It was just something somebody who happened to very, very much look like Ric Flair. But, you know, I'm sure Ric Flair has had his uh, his uh, fair share of fun back in the day. Anyway, let's move on and do this as a free site before I keep rambling anymore. Uh, This is a free site. The best thing that I saw on the internet this weekend, the question is this, what one NFL personality do you hope never changes? Let me know in the comment section on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. We will discuss it at length together right after I tell you Uh, Well, I don't have to tell you about anybody right now. We can do it right now. What one NFL personality do you hope never changes? Let me know in the comments section, and we will discuss at length. Um, There's going to be a couple of different nominees for this. For example, there was another. We played for you a a Jim Irsay video last week. There was another Jim Irsay video this week. It was tremendous. I don't know what I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's wearing. I don't know if he's sitting on the toilet as he's singing to us in full gravelly throat, but it is incredible. Uh, I'm now, I, I don't know why it took me this long in my life to be a Jim Irsay fan. Um, you know, if you're going to accuse me of being a fan of anything, I would say that I'm a massive fan of Jim Irsay. I will, I think that he is an incredible human being. Some of his behavior in uh, past and probably present is deeply problematic, but also it produces hilarious videos on the internet. And I am in full support of all of those things. But one NFL personality do you hope never changes? Uh, For Matt, he says a a group of people. He says the Chargers social media team. Agreed. They've got a great sense of humor. Um, Dre Wilson says Marshawn Lynch. Charles Davis for Tremel. I love Charles. Charles does the radio show every once in a while. He's an incredibly genuine person. He's one of the most polished broadcast professionals uh, you'll ever find in your life. Uh, Dre Wilson says player owner. I think it can be whomever. Dre can be player. It can be owner. It can be coach. Um, it can be general manager, whomever you like. Uh, feed the world Skittles. So Oakland, says Stephen King. He's riding with Marshawn Lynch. Bryce, er- Bryce Erickson says Mike Grable is my favorite personality. I hope he doesn't change. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mike's a real peach. Um, B. French says, uh, B. French says Taylor Lewan also. Well, Mike Grable is uh Mike Vrabel is not a pain in my ass. Mike Vrabel is very enjoyable to work around, even though he likes to, you know, light our ass uh, on fire every once in a while in a press conference. But Taylor Lewan and his uh, outsized personality are, in fact, giant, a giant pain in my ass. Taylor is the probably at in my in my professional life. Taylor is probably the biggest pain in my ass. But, you know, he's uh, he keeps it interesting for sure. Brandon Smith says, as Titans fans for our 22 years, uh, for our 22-year own Mike Keith, I don't, I'm not sure what that comment is. Titans fan, our 22-year own Mike Keith. I assume that the personality is Mike Keith. I, I'm, I'm not quite sure what the message is as Titan. Now I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, translate this as Titan fan. Does that mean 22 years of the Titans in Tennessee? That would make sense. Producer Reed is nodding vigorously, so I'll move the hell on and not get bogged down in this comment. Oh, Alex Moxon brings up another giant pain in my ass, Will Compton. Yes, uh, indeed. I'm looking 
I, I was on the phone with Will the other day. Oh, we're, we're, I'm looking for, we're going to get together at some point now that he's back from New York. He's just had his child. Um, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, he seems to be really, really enjoying the dad life. Brandon Smith says, Mike Keith has been with the Titans for 22 years. See, if you could have just said that the first time, Brandon, I wouldn't have had to, you know, stopped cold and tried to digest it that way. Mark Jones says, Mason Kinsey, Mark Jones can sit and spin. Um, no, I think the personality who I'm riding with is Jameis Winston. QB one forever. Uh, one of my favorite people of all time. One of my favorite quotes of all time, even though I don't understand what the hell he's saying half the time. Jameis Winston is the GOAT. Uh, as, as, a, as a kid, my, my passion was always football, right? But being taken away from the game, I didn't realize that my passion was playing football. I, I don't know what the hell that means, but I love it. I, I, I wish I wish that Jameis Winston, I saw somebody make the comment that I hope that J- Jameis Winston narrates, you know, the next National Geographic, uh, African, uh, African Sahara or, you know, deep sea ocean. Um, what are they called? They're not biographies. They're not, I guess, is it documentary? I'm not sure what the proper, um, what the proper uh, term for those is, but just for Jameis to be the voice over person for something, I would listen to Jameis Winston talk for hours. It is hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, for Omar, it's Jim Wyatt. Um, MB says his teammates don't understand him either. That's why he throws so many picks. He can throw all of the P all of the picks until the end of time. He's just, he's just the best. Jameis Winston is, he's, he's, he's just a, he's just a gem. He really is, and he will make me laugh every time I hear him speak or do a work off-season workout video because Jameis's off-season workout videos are always 10 out of 10. Uh, Tremel says, oh, I didn't know you was talking about players, but Winston a trip. Remember when he ate the W? Yes, uh, the Ws are there to be eaten always, always eating the Ws, Jameis Winston. I, If I was better at my job, I would eat for you a W on camera, but I would never let you guys have that on me because you would screen record it, you would screenshot it, it would live on the internet forever, because this is something that doesn't go away even after the live broadcast begins. So no, I will not eat a W for you. I will simply hold up the W to indicate that Jameis Winston has engorged himself off of Ws throughout the course of his career. It's going to do it for us tonight. Radio show, a lot of fun tomorrow. Who do we have on the radio show? We got Corey Curtis of WKRN News 2 in studio. We got winners and losers of the sports weekend. And I believe, oh, we got Ramon Foster because we're going to talk about the fact that Antonio Brown wants to retire as Steeler. And I think that's laugh out loud funny. See you guys tomorrow night. Have a great one. We will do it either tomorrow on the radio show at 10 or tomorrow night at 8 or thereabouts on A to Z Sports primetime. See you all.